This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for... Here we go, here we go, here we go! Kickoff. Wait, it! With Boomer Esiason and Mike Valenti. Presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. Well, who's excited? We got football to talk about. We got Boomer at the 75th anniversary of the 83 Maryland Turpins this weekend. Who's pumped up? Boomer, how are you? Not the 75th, man. It's the 40th. I mean, you're killing me. Like last week, you know, you made me older than I am. And then again today, this week. It's amazing. Uh, but it's great to see you. I know there was a lot of things going on out there in the Michigan area this week. I'm oh, sure a couple. you've been knee-deep in the college football as well as your Detroit Lions not making a key trade. And then, of course... Last night, we had your typical primetime Heinz Field-Pittsburgh Steelers football game. Yeah, I want to ask you about that. Let's go two ways on this. I mean, the Steelers, they're 5-3. and three. They're the first team in history to have a winning record through eight games, being outgained in every game. So my question to you is how? Well, how? they muck it up, as they like to say on the NFL today on Sunday, and nobody uh, mucks it up better than Mike Tomlin and Matt Canada and – you know, their offense is just it's, – it's a run-first offense. Their, their defense is a opportunistic defense. And, you know, they make plays um, – I think when they win, you know, they make these plays in these tight games, late in games, both on offense and defense, that un- yep. end up winning games for them. So give them credit for that. I don't think anybody thinks that they are going to be a serious threat in the playoffs. But I think if you have to play them somewhere along the way here during the regular season, it's going to be a knockdown, dragout fight. That's just the way they yeah, play. They remind me a little bit of the Giants last year. You know, and I'm not saying they're going to go to the playoffs and win a playoff game, but it's how they do it. You know, you're just like, how have we not gotten rid of this team? We have more yards than this team. Run first. And look, Boomer, it's another thing, and I know you and I have joked about it over the last year and a half. I don't pay running backs, and I don't take running backs high. Case in point, Jalen Warren's the best running back on their team. It's not Najee Harris. Jalen Warren's a revelation, and they got him, you know, in the – discount dvd bin so yeah but you it, know it just, you know what's really important though mike is that they have two of them and yeah, one amen. uh not naji harris i think had 16 carries thursday night jalen warren had 11 carries yep. you know that is almost perfect for an nfl running back room that's exactly what you want so uh they they do they found they they drafted one and then they found one and so they're in the perfect spot from a running back situation hey real quick your thoughts on levis after two weeks I like some things I've seen, but I want your thoughts. Well, the eye test for us as uh, football fans, just watching him, it looks like he belongs. He looks like he's big. Uh, he certainly has the arm strength to do it. 
Um, the question will be leadership and respect from his teammates within the building. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm pretty impressed so far. I'm not, I, he was not overwhelmed at all last week. And quite frankly, this is a short week. It's the Steeler 34 defense where your pass protections change uh, immensely. And he had a short week of preparation. And I thought he actually played reasonably well last night. He did. All right, let's hit the rundown. We got a lot to break down, the deadline and more. Let's hit it. The NFL Rundown. All right, Booms, we're going to try to cover the teams that made moves, some puzzling, some not, a couple teams didn't. Let, let's start out right at home base where you're at, Giants deadline. They trade Leonard Williams. They pick up some of the freight, big postage stamp there. They get the second-round pick. Here's my question. You trade Leonard. How do you not trade Saquon? And what the heck happened with this Adoree Jackson deal? Somebody didn't turn in their card on time? No, that was What do you a, make of the Giants deadline? All right. The, the deadline for the Giants, I thought, was smart uh, by Joe Shane. He went to uh, Leonard Williams before the trade was consummated and basically said, look, look at where you are in your career. Here's who's interested in you. We are not shopping you, but teams have called on our on your behalf. And he, and he let Leonard make the decision for him. And Leonard went and spoke with his agent and said, yeah, I'd love to go to Seattle, and that would be the place to go. And I think Joe Shane getting some assets back, uh, if you know, even better than if he would have let him go to free agency, he would have got a compensatory pick most likely back, but not as much as he got back in this trade. So that's the thing you always got to keep in the back of your mind. The Adoree Jackson thing was a total fake. Uh, John Lynch refuted everything about it, said it was from a okay. fake account. And then when you look into the account that put it out there on X, you realize that it's a parody account and it's – it's nothing but taking swipes at the Giants. So, uh, what a world we live in, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Isn't that it's, nice? it's unfortunate, but I do think you know Seattle did a good job with Leonard Williams. He was nothing they but did. a good, solid player for the Giants. And now Saquon surprised that there was not more smoke. Surprised they said, "Hey, he's the face of the franchise." I just don't get it. No, I'm not surprised. I think John Mara and the Mara family love Saquon Barkley. Um, I think that if they could have paid him more, they would have paid him more. That's how much they think of this young man. I think he's everything that they want a giant football player to be. I think they feel that same way about Daniel Jones, too, by the way. Um, oh and I think it's one of the reasons why they gave the money to Daniel and why they did not want to let go of Saquon Barkley. See, and and look, I, I don't want to be the bad guy about it, but this is where I don't – there's feelings and then there's business. And this is part of my issue. That It's like they're doubling and tripling down on the mistake – like, Saquon does not have value to this team. It's a rebuild. You can't pay your running back 15, 14, 13 million. You can't do it. And if somebody was offering me a third round pick for Saquon, I would have taken it and ran. But uh, that's fine. If they have people they like there, God bless. They but also, remember, too, if they let him walk next year and they don't put the tag on him, which they can do, but if they let him walk, there could be a compensatory pick coming right, back a their year way. Down the line, of course. But I'm still, they'll get something for him. They're not just going to lose yes. him outright. Niners, Chase Young. Discuss. I like it. I, I like uh, I like uh, you know teaming him with Nick Bosa and that defensive line out there. And the reason I like it is because I think the things that were going against him in Washington, where he was a- according to all reports out of Washington, kind of freelancing on the field and not doing what he was supposed to do, he will now be reunited with a you know an Ohio State great in Nick Bosa. He himself an Ohio State gate, uh, great in Chase Young, and he will conform to what this defense is trying to do. So I think it was great what the 49ers did, but it also tells me that the commanders with trading both Montez Sweat and Chase Young are now completely looking to the future and there will be a new general manager and a new coach in there most likely next year. 
Well, you mentioned it. Montez Sweat, it's a guy I talked about a lot. I, I wanted the Lions to take a look there. I wanted the Lions to do something. But he ends up going in the division to the Bears. This is the second year in a row the Bears have given up second-round yeah. compensation. I, I it, Help me understand what the Bears are doing here. I know they're going to try to sign him, but what – what are you doing? That's exactly what they're doing is they're going to try to get him in the building and they're going to try to sign him to a long-term contract as they believe that he is just hit he's starting to hit his, you know, his prime as a pass rusher and they want him to be part of the defensive line going forward. Interesting what's going to happen with the Bears here because, you know, Tyson Bajan's going to start for them again this third start in a, in a row. I think internally the Bears have got to be thinking that they're going to have two very high draft picks. One is going to be a quarterback, and I wouldn't be surprised if the other one is either a wide receiver, a, a tackle, or a defensive lineman, and that's going to set them forward to the future, and they'll probably move on from Justin Fields. That's what it feels like to me. So overall, who won the deadline in your mind? I think San Francisco did. I think Seattle did. Uh, those yeah. two guys acquiring players that are ready to rock and roll right now. San Francisco's on a bye. They're one of four teams on a bye this week. The 49ers, Jags, Lions, and Broncos are all on buys. So it will give Chase Young a chance to get familiar with the team, what's going on there, get his stuff there, get situated there. So I think I thought the, I thought the 49ers adding Chase Young is going to make that defense even more difficult to deal with. Yeah, and, they, and you know what? It's funny, Boomer, when you, you dig into the data – it even surprised me. I didn't realize just how bad their pass rush had been through the first half of the season. So it, it wasn't this typical, hey, luxury item, just strength on strength. No, they actually need Chase Young. Like, they need the help because they're bottom third in just about every stat as it would pertain to pass rush, pressures, sacks, hits, you name it. So they needed to do it, uh, and John Lynch seemingly always does. All right, let's get to the weekly malpractice, I have to ask. I, I just <laughs> – I, I, I need you to help me. I need you to help me. My dad needs you to help me. All of it. Brian Dayball, fourth and one on the 17. What are we doing kicking a field goal here? Where's the cigar smoking, bleep talking, gambler? What? Help me. That was cowardice. Boomer, mm-hmm. what are we doing here? Well, all right, so we find out after the game that Graham Gano has a problem with his plant leg and his knee, and now he's going to be on IR as he's going to have knee surgery. They signed Randy Bullock to uh, replace him on the roster. You know, I thought given the uh, extreme circumstances of the game last week, how poorly both offenses were playing, uh, the fact that your defense has played really two outstanding games in a row, that kicking the field goal at that point gives them a six-point lead. They have to kick off. And there's no way that Zach Wilson is leading the Jets to a touchdown. So I, I totally understood it. Now, if this was going to be like a 56-yard field goal or a 60-yard field goal, that would have been a totally different set of circumstances. But this is basically, you know, you're giving them the ball, what, at the 32 or whatever it was. And you were thinking, okay, there's not enough time. They don't have any timeouts left. And I thought he played the really win the football game. I, and I know that it's easy for us oh. after the fact to say that he was chicken and he didn't go after it and – Man, he was playing with a third-string quarterback that he didn't trust. The weather was horrendous. And okay, but in the same breath, Boomer, you're right, you're right with what you're saying. But they were they ran the ball with a level of effectiveness. You're right; the weather wasn't great, and your kicker's battling through a few things. It's three feet. You know, we can't sit. And yeah, I'm but not you're assuming you, that I'm, they're going to make it. You're assuming that right. they're going to make it. But I'm, I'm telling but my you point that is, they, there's a very good chance that they're not going to make it. 
Right, and, and my thing is you can't, and not you, I'm saying people in general, you can't talk about the value of Saquon Barkley and how we got to keep him, we got to pay him. And then with the game on the line, you're not either using him or using him as a hard play, at a little bootleg fake something. I, I just – With that, with Tommy DeVito. Can't. Can't do it. Look, hey, listen, I don't care if it's Tommy DeVito or Danny DeVito. You're an NFL quarterback. <laughs> I need you to it, – it's, it's game time. You're on a roster. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to be unfair. I, I know, Need I know, you. Mike. I know, and you sound and little, literally, you sounded like everybody that called into the radio station in I know. New York this I'm week. Perturbed. You sound the same, the same way. Now, this is going to like help me a little bit later on in the show when we talk about the Giants visiting the Raiders this week and what's going on with the Raiders. Why I think it's important for the Giants to come out and win the game against the Raiders this week is because of what happened in this particular game and how this situation yep. unfolded. We'll go to the Raiders. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. I mean, again, uh, it, it's unbelievable, the dysfunction. You go, you got, <laughs> first of all, hiring Josh McDaniels. You should be relieved of your duties owning a team. But second of all, they lose Monday night. They do nothing on the trade deadline. You get reports they ghosted teams. And then in the middle of the night, Mark Davis wakes up and goes, ah, I'm going to blast everybody out. Oh, we're benching Jimmy G. Take me through what you're hearing in Vegas. Here. Well, you know, first of all, Mark Davis is an embarrassment as an owner. I mean, you know, just some of the things that you see going on during games, his reaction in his suite and and him MFing his head coach and his decision-making makes me wonder who the hell would want to go out there and coach that team. It seems like it would be a really sexy and exciting thing to do, but when you, you, you're dealing with an owner that seems and comes off as dysfunctional as they are, uh, it's amazing to me. I don't know. You hire Josh McDaniels because you admire the Patriots and the Patriot way, and then you get right. him in the building, and then you don't like the Patriot way, and then you want to fire him with four years left in his contract while you're still paying John Gruden. I mean, if I'm a if I'm a partner of that team, I'm like, what what are we doing? We're just giving money away now. I mean, well, so, and they're not they're not one of the wealthier organizations either. Well, I, they yeah. are they are now. They're worth a hell of a lot more than they were when they were in Oakland. I can tell you that. They're well, that yes, I agree. I'm just saying he is yes. viewed as you know he this this is not one of the more higher end ops. I, I just so what do you do? Well, what the uh, hell do you do? This reminds me of what happened in Indianapolis last year. So they they basically tell Frank Reich at three three and one that you have to bench. Um, you know, Matt Ryan. We're not winning with Matt wait, 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 with three, three, and one. No, you gotta bench Matt Ryan and you gotta play Sam Ellinger. What? Yeah, Oops. you gotta play Sam Ellinger. So let's go play Sam Ellinger. We lose two games. Guess who gets fired? The coach gets fired. Then guess what? They hired Jeff Saturday as a head coach. Now, I will say this is completely different with Antonio Pierce because he's earned the right to be the head coach of the Raiders. He's paid his dues. He he worked in college. He was a coach sure. in the NFL and he was the next best guy for Mark Davis to pluck out and make him uh, uh the head man. So I appreciate the opportunity that he's given to Antonio Pierce and I actually like Antonio Pierce and I think he's saying all the right things at this point. But, you know, they're telling him you got to play Aiden O'Connell. That's who you're playing as your quarterback, a rookie. So that also tells me that this guy has got his eye on the draft next year. Just like the Indianapolis Colts had their eye on the draft this year. And what did the Indianapolis Colts do with the fifth overall pick? They took Anthony Richardson. And the Colts fans got all excited about that. I think that's exactly what Mark Davis is doing with the Raiders right now, getting them in position to be able to take maybe one of the top four quarterbacks in next year's draft. So about 60 seconds. I need your concern level on the Niners. Losers are three straight. I know the injuries are mounting. Yeah, I know we differ on Purdy, but 
Where are you at with the Niners? Well, you, know, you, you know, think they're on a showing here? I think they needed a buy. I think they needed it in a worse way. I think they're a great team. I think they'll bounce back. All teams go through some sort of adversity and then come out of it. And the Bengals went through it the first four or five weeks of the season, and they played their best game last week against those 49ers. I think when the 49ers come out of their bye and they add Chase Young, I think that team is going to be ready to rock and roll, and and I'm not going to be surprised when they're in the NFC Championship game. Yeah, and and again, I I think they're built in a way when they're right. They don't need home field to do exactly what you're talking about. Because, look, these losses have mounted. Philly's got a little bit of a cushion. But the way they're built, yeah, they can go to Philly and they can win a game if they have a quarterback. Or Detroit. year's result. Right. Yeah, yeah, the Lions, you know what, we can we can save it. Lions really disappointed me. I, I, they really needed to make a move. And I, I the amount of edge rushers that were out there, I we can save it because I know we got other business yeah. to attend to. Maybe we'll get back to it. I was really bummed by that. Lions are good, but you got to keep up with the Joneses, and they didn't do that. So, bummer, but um, – Look, there's a lot of football left. Who the hell knows? So we'll get to it. We'll get to the picks. I have a PSA for people. Let me tell you about Casamigos, the smoothest tequila on the planet. Enjoy the entire family of Casamigos tequila. The Reposado, Añejo, Blanco, Cristalino, or the Mezcal. Casamigos tequila brought to you by those who drink it. Casamigos reminds you to please celebrate responsibly. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. All right, so I want to give you a PSA here for the picks. And you'll see it on the show sheet, Booms, and Scones was busting my chops. (laughs) This is in reality versus doing a radio show, podcast, whatever you want to call it. There is no way I could ever advocate for people to take their hard-earned money (laughs) and go nuts with this card this weekend. It, uh, you know... I can sit in front of a laptop and grind data, and if I can't come, if I can't find five or six plays I'd play in real life, I owe it to you to tell you, take what we say with the tiniest, most granular grain of salt this week. Boomer, this is a wild set of matchups. So I just, PSA for the people, if you think I'm out here betting all these games this week, uh, you, you are sadly mistaken. You know, the other interesting thing about this, and last night Will Levis was a rookie quarterback that was starting a game. Yeah. You're going to have Jaron Hall starting for the Vikings. You're going to have Clayton Toon starting for the Cardinals. And you're going to have Aiden O'Connell starting for the Raiders on top of, you know, C.J. Stroud and, of course, Bryce Young. So you, And Jordan Love and, and Taylor Heineke and Billy Baget, your, your guy in Tyson Chicago. Bajan, Tyson Bajan. <laughs> Stop with that. Be, be nice. He's got a family. And actually, I think he's hanging in there pretty well. 
Yeah, hell of a hell of a performance against the Chargers last week, but we'll 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 let I it go. Him, Let's what get. What did I tell you? What did I tell you going into that game? You know, it was going to be totally different for him because he was playing against a desperate Chargers team, and it turned out that way. Well, we're going against Chargers again this week, so let's party. Let's do the picks. Picks of the week. Oh, the brunch ball live from, what is this, Frankfurt, Germany? Booms, 9.30 in the morning. We got a game on when it should be on at 8 o'clock at night. Kansas City, Miami. KC laying a point and a half. One note, you can tell me it's laughable if you want. I've been doing some reading. There's going to be almost 20-mile-an-hour winds in Frankfurt and they don't usually close the roof. This is the type of research you're going to get about <laughs> Frankfurt Football Stadium. Um, what do you want to do with this game? I don't I think the NFL will tell them, close the roof. Uh, we Please. need to make sure that Tua can throw and, and go toe-to-toe against Patrick Mahomes. Uh, look, I'm going to go with the Dolphins here. I'm going to take the points, and I'm going to go with the Dolphins. Hey, this game has been circled by one particular player since the schedules were announced back in April, and that one player was Tyree Kill. And it's too bad this game is not in Kansas City because this is a Kansas City home game, by the way. Uh, yeah. But I do like the Dolphins. They are getting healthier on their offensive line. The Chiefs' defense has been very good. But I'll tell you one thing. Kansas City's offense, and you know this, we've been talking about it all year. They, they have not been right all year long. And last week against the Broncos, man, that was a really bad performance. So I think they'll bounce back. I think this will be a high-scoring game. But I'm going to take the Dolphins in the points. Yeah, it was a lean to the Dolphins. I know I put in here, help, please. Because <laughs> it, it just, look, it's two great teams. Game I want to watch. You don't have an advantage with the number. I lean Dolphins here, though. I think coming off that terrible performance a couple weeks back, I, I just look at it, it's a proving ground. People are going to say you haven't beaten anybody until you do. This is an opportunity. I'll take the Dolphins. This next game, uh, again, shouldn't be televised. Packers laying three, hosting the Rams. I uh, I can't with this Packers team, Boomer. All right, I, I know, I know you're not a big, I know you're not a big fan of Jordan Love, and nor is anybody else these days. Um, his performance Horrific. has gotten worse as the season has gone on. Uh, but who is playing quarterback for the Rams? Can you tell me? Is it going to be Brett Rippon? Oh, Boise State's finest. Yeah, maybe. Uh, you know, because uh, you got. Um, you know, Matthew Stafford dealing with a uh, throwing thumb I- injury. He's got a UCL, and, and I don't know if it's a tear or a strain, but it certainly is bothering him. And as as us talking right now, I think it may be a game-time decision. I have not seen anything from Sean McVay that's, that Stafford is not playing, but I don't think he has practiced this week. So if it is Brett Rippon, I'm taking the Packers, and, and I'm going to lay the three points. I'll go Packers. I think my bigger disappointment than Jordan Love is that vaunted defense where they've had like 38 first-round picks the last 38 years. And at defense, I just walk away routinely unimpressed. But I'll take the pack and pretend this game doesn't exist. So you're telling Patriot. me that Aaron Rodgers did have an argument then? Oh, he had a big argument. Yeah. Pats laying the three against the commanders. You have to choose, are you betting on Mac Jones, who they would have given away for inedible arrangements, <laughs> versus a commander's team that now has sold the farm? What? What is right? I know one thing, <laughs> that, that Sam Howell's going to throw the ball like 50 times because that's mm-hmm. exactly what Eric Bieniemy's doing with him. Um, he's actually, you know, when you think about the amount of sacks he's had, the amount of dropbacks he's had, and I think I was frustrated with you last week when I was telling you, I wasn't frustrated with you particularly. I was frustrated more with their offense. Like, can somebody give Sam Howell uh, an opportunity to get rid of the ball quickly in the face of a blitz? Yeah. I think Bill Belichick will have something for Eric Bieniemy, and the loss of those two players on that defensive line for the Washington Commanders 
tells me that the morale in that building is low. So if there were ever a game the Patriots are going to win, it's going to be this one, and I'll lay the points. Yeah, I'm with you completely. And, and, and again, it's a lot like Sam Howell's last year at North Carolina. He's just getting crushed. I, I, I feel for him. I'll take the Patriots. Texans laying two and a half, hosting the Bucks. Oh, boy, I'll tell you what. Uh, you having fun yet? Uh, this one I don't like. This is one I'd love to veto. Uh, but I do think if there's a team, they're both, look, they both are still in the mix for the playoffs. The Bucks still have a shot at winning the NFC South. I do not believe that the Texans are going to catch the Jacksonville Jaguars. No way. So I think that no. the Bucks are the ones that are the more desperate team here. Just for that matter alone, I'm going to take uh, Baker Mayfield and the Bucks one more time, and uh, I'll take the points. Yeah, and it's interesting. You know, last week you kind of saw it. You, you, you're a rookie. You shouldn't be favored by three on the road. They come home. Now they're favored again. You know, Todd Bowles, this defense, do you dial something up? The the Bucks offense I can't figure out. I I hate this game. I, I, I would lean I would lean slightly to the Bucks. I just the problem is I can't get three. At two and a half, you're like, do I just take the home team? Up Oh God. Texans late at two and a half. Just move. I would never put my money on that game, people. Come on. All right, Browns laying eight against the Cards. This could be P.J. Walker. It could be Deshaun Watson. It could be Clayton Toon. It could be me. What do you want to do? It's not going to be Kyler Murray, though. That's the key. No. And uh, so they're going to throw Clayton Toon out there to the Wolves because that's exactly what the Browns' defense is. They are a bunch of Wolves, and Jim Schwartz is going to have them rocking and rolling against this rookie quarterback. And the reason I talk about rookie quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks playing, especially in tough spots like this, Arizona going to Cleveland, you know, what's the weather going to be like? What's the situation going to be like? Cleveland's still very much in the mix. This defense will be all over Clayton Tune. I'm going to lay the eight points. I see this as a blowout spot, and I think uh, the Browns should win this game by, you know, 17 to 20 points. Now, and again, Watson has practiced the last few days, but, quote, doesn't know if he's going to play. So I, I just – can I just get P.J. Walker to not give the game away? That's really all this is. <laughs> uh, Saints laying eight and a half against the Bears – you owe your guy. You have to take your guy here, right? I, well, you know what? I would take my guy, but I do think that Derek Carr found something last week, and finally he's waking up and understanding his team, understanding his offense, understanding the coaches. Uh, they played well last week. This defense is no joke. I keep telling you, it's a top-five defense in the league. Uh, it just gets a little bit tougher for Tyson Bajan, a little bit tougher, a little bit tougher. I hate the number here. I'm going to take the Bears, but I think the Saints will win the game by a touchdown. Is a veto for me because you just nailed it. This number stinks, but I I can't not after what the Bears did to me last week. But I do I trust you know Derek Carr. I, I you know shame on me. I should have had this in the notes, Boomer. If if I go back and look, I think Derek Carr might be the worst quarterback against the spread as a favorite the last five years. Absolutely atrocious as a favorite. Doesn't I'm shock veto me. It. Doesn't shock no, me. No. And that's and that's probably why Josh McDaniels wanted to get rid of him after giving him a contract extension last year. Great organization. Yeah, yeah. it would be the Saints for me, but I'm I'm vetoing this game. All right, Ravens lay in six, hosting Seattle. Yeah, you know this is uh, obviously we know the number seventeen and one. That's Lamar versus NFC teams. In comes Seattle, and I told you last week one of the reasons why is because these teams don't get to see Lamar. They don't understand how quick, how fast he is, and he's become a better passer than ever before. He's right there in the mix for the MVP of the league. 
This is a lot of points against the Seattle team. I, I like the Ravens to win the game, but I'm going to take the six. I'm going to take the six points, and I'll take uh, Geno Smith to have a bounce back game here. If he just doesn't turn the ball over, uh, I think that that Seattle defense is good enough to kind of keep this game close and tight to the end. I could see this being like a 24-20 type of game. Yeah, I you know we were on the Ravens last week. That was a lousy backdoor cover by Arizona. Oh, you this ain't is kidding, a bro. I was oh horrible, but I mean, it is, I know, trust me, I don't want to relive it again, but Oof. like, this is one, the number looks inflated and you go, wait, this looks too easy. You're going to give me Seattle getting six. Lamar's not good as a favorite. I just think the Ravens team is different. I think this is a, I like this spot for them. I, I like when Seattle's got to travel. I, I'm going to lay the six. I, and I'm not a Lamar guy, but I respect the way he's playing and I, I really think right here, right now, like the perspective would be so different if P.J. Walker didn't – well, and Stefanski, by the way, didn't hand that game away last week. I'm going to take the Ravens. Atlanta laying four. This is Heineke versus Jaron Hall against the Vikings. Right. Fifth rounder out of BYU, Jaron Hall. So we'll see what he's got to offer against this uh, Atlanta team. You know, we had Atlanta on our air last week, and at halftime they were down, and I said, you know, it's time for Arthur Smith to make the change to Taylor Heineke. Desmond Ritter is killing uh, the uh, the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons have a very athletic team. You've been saying it since week one, and you also have been saying, and rightfully so, you've been very critical of Desmond Ritter and the decision to stick with him through these games. They finally go to Taylor Heineke last week in the second half. Guess what? He actually gets them in the end zone. I think he deserves to start this week, and I think this is an opportunity. This game is going to be really, really tight. I I would take the Vikings in their defense to keep it close. I really would. Um, yeah. I would veto. I'm going to veto this game. I'm not going to. I'm not going to I'm pick the you. game. But I would take the Vikings and the points. But I'm going to veto the game. Yeah, and Boomer, I'm with you. Normally, I'd be the guy telling you, I'll just take the point. I got no read on Jaron Hall as a pro. I I just can't. It's very similar to anything with the Cardinals like it's such variance I'm gonna veto it it'd be a lean Atlanta let's go to the Colts and Panthers believe it or not I actually really like this game Colts laying three yeah you know this is a uh, kind of a revenge spot for the head coach of the Carolina Panthers come on and that's my man Frank Reich and uh, let's go and finally, you know, his quarterback outplayed the second pick in the draft last week, Bryce Young. Because they, got they changed their win. some stuff, Boomer. That's they right. changed some stuff up. They got him out of the pocket. They worked on the edge a little bit. I liked some of the adjustments they made. Yeah, you know, and look, it's it's a work in progress. Um, I can tell you firsthand, they love the kid. They love how he reacts and, and works with Andy Dalton. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I was wondering whether or not they were going to trade Andy Dalton. And I don't think that they traded him, not because people didn't want to trade for him, is because they realized just how important he is to Bryce Young. So I'm going to take the Panthers here and the points. Yes, my man. I actually like this game. I know it sounds gross, and people are like, wait, you made fun of these other games, but you like this? That's me. I like the Panthers. All right, Raiders laying one and a half. Hosting the Giants. Okay, we talked about this in the uh, the opening, and we were talking about the Raiders and their dysfunction, and how Antonio Pierce is going to try to give them a bump, and he's going to pick up their, uh, you know, their morale and all of that. And I'm sure he will. They're going with Aiden O'Connell. The Giants' defense has been great the last two weeks. Wink Martindale has simplified things. He's deep. He's a little bit more man coverage. He's still blitzing a lot. And I just and you know Daniel Jones is back, and this is the Daniel Jones moment in this season. This is the inflection point for him as a player to show that with Saquon Barkley, they are a tandem that should be able to go on the road. 
beat a rookie quarterback with a rookie head coach in the middle of the freaking season. So, you know, if you want to prove yourself that you belong here making $82 million, this is a game that you have to win. I am taking the Giants and the points. Everything that man just said is spot on, yet the Raiders are favored. I will take the Raiders. This is the Latte Larry Spite Store play of the week. I am in official root against my own team mode. Raiders lay the point and a half. We need a quarterback. All right, let's go Eagles laying the three, host in Dallas. Great football game. I don't know that it's a great betting game. The line is right where it should be. Who do you like? I'm taking Dallas on the road. I know that Dak okay. Prescott plays pretty well against the Philadelphia Eagles. I'll keep it relatively simple. There's a lot of pressure on the Dallas Cowboys. And, you know, the Eagles have given up a lot of points. I mean, the, do you know, realize that I think the commanders have scored like 64 points in two games against the Eagles? I got to yeah. believe that this is going to be a high-scoring game and that Dallas should be able to keep up with them, and I'll take the three points. Um, yeah, it, it's a lean to the, the Eagles for me. I just don't trust Dak on the road. Everything you're saying is right, but I worry that is Hurts hurt. I mean, that this injury's a thing. Um, I'll take the three. I'll go with you on this. Give me, give me Dallas. 30 seconds or less. Chargers laying three and a half at the Jets. We got to yeah. take the Jets, right? Yeah, we definitely got to take the Jets, and the reason we got to take the Jets is their defense gives good quarterbacks fits in MetLife Stadium. Great atmosphere. And I think this is an opportunity for Zach Wilson to have his best game of the year against a Chargers defense that gives up about 300 yards passing a game and 24 points per game. Done and done. Tell them about Casamigos. All right. What goes great with football? Casamigos tequila does. Casamigos brought to you by those who drink it. So make sure you have plenty on hand for the week nine games, whether it be Añejo, Blanco, Reposado, Cristalino, or Mezcal. It's Casamigos tequila. Reminds our friends to please celebrate responsibly. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti. Okay, so we're going to do a best of the best. We're going to get Boomer's final word. we got to talk about, look, it's that time of year now. Heat's going to be turned up on some coaches. Boomer's going to give us what he's hearing, but let's start out with what we deem the best matchup of the week. It's the best of the best. This week's best of the best. Bengals laying one and a half against the Bills. Cannot wait for this game. Boomer, let's get into it a little bit. I think it's two teams kind of headed in opposite directions. Agree or disagree? Uh, I kind of agree. I mean, there's a lot of heavy lifting for Josh Allen in every one of these games, I feel like, each and every week. I mean, he's got to make play after play after play. And quite frankly, he's paid to do that. So it's not anything that's abnormal because – Patrick Mahomes is asked to do that, and now Joe Burrow is going to be asked to do that as as he is now getting healthier. But I I get what you're saying. The one thing I feel like, I feel like the Bengals are a whole team. In other words, they're not really missing anybody of significance, where mm-hmm. the Bills are missing two of their best defensive players, Matt Milano, the leader of that defense, and, of course, Trey Davies-White, and Von Miller has not been right. I know they made the trade for Rasul Douglas. I'm sure he'll play in this game. I'm thinking. I don't think Demar Hamlin will play in this game, although he will be in the building. So it'll be a very emotional game for the Bills. It was interesting to me when I saw the line, Mike, and maybe you can explain this to me. I thought the Bengals would be favored by more, especially after their performance last week against the 49ers. Yeah, me too. No, that's what terrifies me. I mean, when it opened up at 1, and I'm like – what is going on? And, I mean, look, at, at, as, as we sit here and tape this show right now, everyone's on the Bengals. And guess what? Line's really not moving. It's terrifying. But here, here's – okay, so if we if – we, all right, you have the, the, the Vegas angle of it and then you have the football. 
you know, you've drilled this into my head, and it's it's real. I mean, Lou Anaromo, I feel like he's got a real good – he's got the pulse of Josh Allen. Like, I still can't get it out of my mind how the Bengals have made him look a little bit. And I just – I love the idea the Bengals are white hot. They've got it turned around. Burrow's healthy. You, you said it. They're a more complete team. Bills have injuries on the D-line with Dayton Jones. Von Miller's not right. Milano, White – and there's a thing here. Like, I trust the scheme against this Bills team. I, It's hard for me not to pick the Bengals here. And I know that that's super chalky. I just hmm. – I really think they're the right – they're the right team. Yeah, I don't know about you, but over the last three or four years, there have been three teams, the Bengals, the Bills, and the Chiefs, and they've been going back and forth with each other. And the the guy that I think deserves a lot of credit in a lot of these games is Lou Anarumo. So he is the defense coordinator of the Bengals. And nobody does a better job of sitting on something and waiting to unveil it at the right time. And that's an adjustment that is made within the game. And, you know, we've seen that from him now in AFC Championship games against Patrick Mahomes. We've seen that in games on the road, playoff games up in Buffalo that they had to win. Um, And I'll tell you, he's the guy. He's like the secret sauce guy of the Bengals. And, you know, they were missing their two top safeties because they lost them to free agency in the offseason. They had to replace those guys. I, I just think that finally they're figuring it out on defense, and they have a guy by the name of Trey Hendrickson that gets no love from anybody. I'm so glad you mentioned him. People talk about the best edge rushers in the league. They never mention this guy, and all he does is perform. It's one of the great free agent signings of the last five years. He has shown up. He does his job every week. I. It's amazing how certain guys get left out of the, the narrative. He's awesome. He is awesome, and the other thing, too, is they recognized that, and they gave him a contract extension. So not only did they sign him as a free agent, they got him a contract extension before his contract was up. So that tells you how much Lou Anarumo and the Brown family and everybody loves that guy there, and that guy is their Max Crosby. He's their T.J. Watt. You know, he's the relentless pursuit guy that never stops. He's the agent Aiden Hutchinson of the Cincinnati Bengals, but you wouldn't know it. Because nobody talks, yeah, no about, talks it about it except for us. So and maybe they're so we're local. both on the Bengals, aren't we? We are both on the Bengals. I'm taking the Bengals here. I think finally yeah. I'm looking at the team that I expected to see coming out of the gate at the beginning of the season. And the other good thing is they're running the ball more. Uh, Joe's running the ball more. And T. Higgins finally got back into the mix here, which is a very important part mm-hmm. of their three wide receiver sets. Yeah, and this may be a bad opinion. It's just where I'm at at the halfway mark. I think there's a bit of a gap forming between the Chiefs and Bengals and then the Bills. And that part of that is not the Bills' fault, but injuries are real. And when you lose the level of players they've lost at each level of the defense, I, I can't put them on the same tier as the Bengals, Ravens, and Chiefs. Might look like a horrible opinion here in four or five weeks, but that's where I'm at right now. This would not, right. it would not surprise me if one of these teams has the ball late in the game with the game on the line and it's just, it's like a you know four or five point game at that point, and it could be like a twenty seven twenty four situation where either Joe Burrow or Josh Allen could lead his team down to a thirty one twenty seven type of victory. Okay, it works for me. I'm going to go with the Bengals. I'm, I'm with you on it. Uh, let's get to the final word. Kickoff with Boomer and Valenti, presented nationally by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos, brought to you by those who drink it. And Lowe's, Lowe's knows home improvement. The final word. 
so I promise this will not be a Josh McDaniels slander segment, but we're going to start with it because we're going to get Boomer's Heat Index on the next coaches to be possibly let go. But McDaniels, I want to focus on it for one second because has been a really good OC, has a reputation of being a really smart guy, but yet his two head coaching stops, he has been a complete disaster. Is this just a personality thing? It, it what. What is it that is – how does McDaniel seemingly just undo himself? Like you know, what, what is it about this guy? It's, it's hard to know unless you know the man himself and you know him personally. If you asked the greatest football player who has ever played what he thinks about Josh McDaniels, he would tell you that this is one of the greatest coaches he's ever played for. And I'm talking about, of course, Tom Brady. And how can a coach who coached the greatest football player who's ever played not be able to connect – with other players that he is coaching. And the connecting part is a very important aspect to this. And if you hire him, you know where he's coming from, you know who his mentor is, and you know that the way his mentor does things is going to be coming with him because that's how he's learned. The problem is he hasn't had that quarterback that is bought into uh, everything that he is trying to sell to his team. And unfortunately for him, Unfortunately for the players that he has coached, both in Denver and in Las Vegas, they have not had the emotional connection that is required to be a leader amongst men. And that's why this week Antonio Pierce came out and said, I am a leader of men. He wanted to make it apparent that that's exactly who he is and what he's all about. And when he's been given an opportunity to do something, he's done it really, really well. So I think that is speaking to exactly what Josh McDaniels' failures were as a head coach. Do you see McDaniels, and obviously he's going to be getting paid the next four years, but do you see him getting back into this as an OC, or do you think this is a guy that might just be, that's it? You know, it's a really good question. I asked Frank Reich this question last year after he got released and fired from the, uh, the Colts in the middle of the season. I gave him a couple weeks to settle down. Yeah. And I said, you know, you got four years left in your contract. And I'm, I didn't know what his contract was, but I'm assuming that it was north of $7 million a year because that's probably the going rate on the second round of contracts for a coach that's, uh, you know, with a team. And so I, I could just do it in my head. He probably had somewhere between 30 and $40 million coming to him. And I said, you know, Frank, you're 61 years old. You've been around a long time. you got, you know, beautiful grandchildren. Um, do you still want to do this? And he said, without a doubt, I want to do this. It's in my blood. I want the competition. I want the stress. I want the pressure. And all of these guys feel the same way. So I think Josh will end up coaching somewhere, uh, whether it be back in New England with Bill Belichick, assuming he's there, or if Bill Belichick ends up going somewhere else, maybe he goes with him as his offense coordinator somewhere else. But remember, Bill Belichick may bring him with him and say, you're not my offensive coordinator. You're just a coach but you can call the plays, and this way right. he doesn't have to spend as much money just like he did with Patricia and Judge the, last right. year. Don't give him the title right. so you don't have to pay him the money. Let's do the heat index. So so give me the next. And I, we don't have to put a number on it. Just the guys you're comfortable saying you believe are on the hot seat. Uh, well, we I, I think we all kind of know the top three on the hot seat right now. Number one would be Ron Rivera in Washington. Uh, new, new ownership, owner, yeah, new owner. team, yeah. yeah. I mean, they, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Eric Bieniemy ended up with that job if if Ron doesn't. Ron may just resign or retire at the end of the year. I don't know. He's had some health issues, and there's a lot of there's a lot of change going on there. So I, I'm not saying that he should be fired for performance. I'm just saying he's maybe be fired because of situational situ, uh, situational things going on around him. 
Number okay. two would be Matt Eberflus of the of the Bears. Um, you know, they they have got to do they got they got to show winning. They got to show that he's got a hold of the building. They got to show effort. I know they're playing with this kid Tyson Bajan. They're going to have two very high draft picks. The interesting thing will be will ownership stick with the GM and the coach. Now the GM made a trade at the trade deadline to bring in Montez Sweat, so I, he's going to want to spend the money to keep that guy there. So that tells me. If they allowed to make the trade, if they were allowed to make the trade, then the GM's staying, but the coach may end up going. Yeah, and where do you, let me just ask you this question. Where do you rate the Bears as a job? I've always thought of the Bears as a great job because I think of them as a, an original six team in the NHL. You know, I think yeah. of the Bears, I yeah. think of Butkus, I think of Mike Singletary, I think of all the great It's a history. legacy team. Yeah, it's a legacy yeah. program. It's like the Packers, like the Giants. You know, they're in that kind of tier of football team. And I always thought that if there were one place that Coach Cower would have gone back to to go and coach, he would go back and coach the Chicago Bears because yeah. of what it means to be the coach of the Chicago Bears, much like the great uh, Papa Bear Hallis and, of course, Mike Ditka. So it's, it's, a, it's, a great, it's a great legacy job. I just don't necessarily know that it's the greatest place to go and work in terms of dysfunction. No, no, because it's largely, in, in my view, run like a lemonade stand. Uh, who else on the list? Well, it's got to be our buddy Brandon Staley. You know, I mean, uh, he's got one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Maybe a little bit overrated at this point, but still a top 10 quarterback. No question about that. Um, you know, if they lose to the Jets on Monday Night Football, I, I think in their minds and probably however many fans they have, their minds. That About this, 17. This is going to be a walk in the park against the Jets because it's Zach Wilson and they stink on offense. But, you know, so think about it from that perspective. If they lose to the Jets on national television and it's another blow-up spot where he makes a bad decision, I could see the Spanos family saying, you know what, I can't. we can't go through another year with this. They got to make the playoffs. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and that's, I mean, Boomer, how many years are we going to talk about the roster, talk about how good they look, talk about Herbert? It, 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 at a certain point, and the other thing is you start to get these red flags on your, your resume where we have these moments. And it's not just you and I doing, you know, hey, malpractice this week. How many times has Brandon Staley been in the crosshairs of good, sensible football people going, what the hell are you doing, man? Like, that adds up. Yeah, so I'm I, with you on it. Yeah, I also think that there are two coordinators out there right now that should get interviews who have already been head coaches. Now, there's okay. there's issues with both, both of these coordinators, but you can't deny that both of them have had incredible impacts on the teams that they're coaching right now. 30 seconds, give me both. One is Jim Schwartz, the defensive coordinator for the Browns, and yes. the other one is Brian Flores, the defensive coordinator for the Minnesota Vikings. Now, both also, have had their yes. issues. So mm -hmm. I'm just saying that they should get interviews. Noted. The other one, Ben Johnson, Detroit Lions OC. He will be a head coach next year. 100%. stud. Um, all right. That's the episode. Be careful this weekend if you're betting the games. We got a couple premium ones. We will be back next week to do it all over again. It is kickoff with Boomer and Valenny. Thanks for listening, everybody. It's kickoff with Boomer and Valenti.